Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 189 of the G-Game Podcast. I'm your host as always, I am Tyler, and joining me we have the notorious one, he is the Colonel, he is Gables. What's up buddy, how are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> kind of gotten over my sickness and stuff like that, and uh, I spent the better part of my week playing catch-up with uh, work stuff. But other than that though, I've uh, been kind of thinking about the comments that I made last week towards the Nintendo Switch like presentation and uh, yeah I really don't regret a lot of the stuff that I said but having it be like a week later just thinking about it and stuff I got a chance to learn a bit more and uh, you know as soon as the intro stuff is over eh, we're probably <laughs> gonna go ahead and just discuss a little bit about that once <laughs> yeah yeah. But other than that, though, I am uh, doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, Saturday night, got a, got a couple beers in me. Uh, didn't have to work today, so that was nice. Uh, had a. Uh, it's been a while since we've done this. Is gonna be actually like a normal show. We talk about the games we've been playing and all the news. Like we haven't done one of those in like six weeks, I think. Because that's pretty I true. We did like reminiscing of 2016. Then we did like a couple weeks of. Yep. Um, best of shows for the game of the year and then we did last week just talking about the switch so uh it's been a lot i've made a couple big purchases in the last uh few weeks uh already oh uh, yeah I picked up a few weeks ago picked up uh bought a ps4 pro and um and then just today actually i got my uh, 4k tv uh 60 inches yeah really nice beautiful thing that sounds yeah, I, awesome i put a uh, titanfall <laughs> 2 in that was the first game i tried to uh, try to play on it and yeah, within thirty seconds of playing that game online, I'm like, yeah, worth the money, uh, all of it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice to be. Uh, I am fully in the bandwagon of 4K. So uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm, but overall, I'm doing pretty good. Outside of that, um, do you want to jump in? Oh, Justin's not here. Uh, once again, uh, he had uh, some stuff going on. Uh, birthday in the family sounds like so he's doing that uh poor guy um but we will see here just drink my beer and we're gonna we're gonna bash the nintendo switch for 50 more minutes yeah <laughs> i could just hear justin inside of his house just rolling inside of his bed they, oh my god they're talking about yeah. Him again. <laughs> yeah we're just gonna keep rubbing the salt in the wound just a, it's just an inside joke or something to uh to you guys and stuff who are listening, it's because after we, like Tyler and I talked about it last week, we received multiple messages in our Facebook chat by Justin. Multiple <laughs> short stories. Multiple. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fairly accurate, too, because he gave us, like, about so, so many replies and stuff, like, about his thoughts and opinions of the last show. And he's very vocal. He's very thing of what he likes and what he doesn't like about the Switch, which, hey, it's admirable and stuff. We respect his opinion because, hey, he's our fucking friend, mm -hmm. for God's sake. So. 
He's your friend. I don't know about mine, but whatever. <laughs> Even though you've known him longer. Yeah. <laughs> like 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, no, he was uh, He was overall, I, he, he accepted our opinions. But uh, I think he is definitely um, way more on board with the uh, Switch, which, which I was surprised about uh, knowing Justin. Not saying because he's a fanboy or anything, just... Knowing the way Justin likes the game, uh, I've knew watching that presentation. Like Justin's geeking out over this right now. I'm sure. And I know he has some complaints too. Um, we discussed a little bit last week, but uh, you know, like like you mentioned, uh, it's been a it's been a week. When we first talked about it, it was less than 48 hours later. Still fairly fresh. Yep. Maybe a little angry and a little more um, alcohol fueled. Talk about myself here, not you. Uh, then maybe we could we 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 should have been. We didn't. I, my one regret when I, when I edited the show was we didn't really delve into uh, some of the positive things with it. And, yes. Uh, I figured we can, you know, we'll spend a little bit of time. We're not going to spend too much more time because we spent almost an hour last week talking about it. Um, but real quick, I, I mean, I, I still have a lot of concerns with the console itself. I don't, uh, as long as the 3DS beca- is still going to be fully supported and the, if the online, I had to pay for online, depending on what that thing is going to be and the price point. Um, right. I don't. I, mean, I, I think this thing could be better than. I think it. It will probably sell more than the Wii U. I don't know if how much more, if much more at all. Oh, I guarantee you that it will sell more than the Wii U. I mean, yeah. that's that's just a thing. The Wii U is such an anomaly in and of itself that uh, even though the console didn't really appeal to the like a specific type of audience and stuff. Even like with uh, what I'm trying to think of the lifetime sales it was of the about Wii U, and a half wasn't it like? Million. It was about twelve and a half yeah. million or Less something than the like Vita. that. I know that's really Almost surprising half. to me, but I think with the way that how the switch is portable, how the switch is portable, and the fact that uh, this is a uh, a lot more, I think, friendlier in terms of presentation and its style than the Wii U is. That this thing is going to sell bigger than the Wii U, the Switch. I, yeah, I think it know? will if it um, if they. Don't continue on with the 3DS support for much longer. I, I could see them maybe going through 2017, continuing it. And we'll talk more about that a little bit here uh, with some of the news we got. Um, and then maybe yeah. sometime in 2018, I think they should probably... That console came out like 2011, I think. So it's time to drop it. Um, that's a, 2012, I maybe? think. So it's, I think they are going to drop the Wii U, though, this well, year. Well, the Wii U is already... Because, uh, they've already uh, the, Wii, yeah. um, the Wii U is already... They've stopped production on it, and they said... Breath of the Wild's the last game can be made for, but to talk more, I'm, I'm that I'm was sorry. confirmation by Reggie himself. Actually, I think it yeah, was. Reggie himself said that. <laughs> the 3DS part, though, I think that if they drop that, I mean, they I can't see them. They really can't continue on supporting that thing much more past 2017. I think if I think what they you know they I need agree to be fully on board with the, with the Switch and make people if they want to play the games on the Switch, they need to they need to or play the games Nintendo games they want to play. Gotta get a Switch. Um, but yeah, I, I, I yeah. think I think one thing that I harped on a lot when when we were talking about the what the NX could be when the Switch first was revealed um, back in October was that I don't want to hear about we have eighty games at launch. Um, and I mean, I think you should have a good variety of games at launch uh, and some mm-hmm. fairly new games at launch. Which this game has this console has five, um, and obviously has you know Zelda. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted like a really nice launch window. I want that. I want to see 
right. what you got for me the first six months to a year. And they did, I mean, you look at what they have, just the ones I'm interested in alone, uh, you know, Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, Zelda, um, Splatoon 2, and Mario Odyssey. I think uh, that's a really good um, first, uh, not even first year, that's first nine months. Um, and then who knows what else can come out in 2018. We'll probably hear more about that um, around E3. But um, yeah, I, I my my biggest concern was it is I was never worried about, like and I, I think I might have mentioned last week that I um I was never concerned about whether or not I'd like the console because I think I will because I like the Wii U, um, but my my concern was I I want Nintendo to be more than just a place you go to play Nintendo games you know, um or just a place that you know it's just kind of eh, it's a distant third, um because like it or not they are competing and they're in the same market with the PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, and I, I want them to be more than that, you know. Like I, uh, I don't want them to stop making consoles. I want. I, I think they're very important to the to the the world of video games, um, game wise and uh, hardware wise. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I want this to be successful. And I hope they do sell. They want. They said they want to sell. They think they can sell forty million by the end of twenty twenty. What we've seen so far, I don't fully believe that. But I mean, you. know, you look at the way the Xbox One launched or was announced, and that thing was atrocious. And they've sold um, almost 30 million units in less than three years. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, yeah, that is really you know, impressive. As bad as that thing was, I mean, I think the Xbox One reveal is probably worse uh, than the Switch reveal. So. Oh yeah, no question about it. And the Xbox One was like. The launch of that thing, the reveal of that thing was just a travesty. Yeah. It was so bad that for those listening who never even like uh, watched the E3 that that thing was unveiled, I kid you not, here's some fun history for you. That console, that Xbox One unveil, was so terrible in terms of the limelights for other gamers that Sony that went after them in press conference that day absolutely hit it out of the park and was responsible for the reasonings why many of those users on the Xbox 360 migrated to the PS4 because of the friendliness in terms of use, not always being online like the Xbox One was attributed to, was going to be until they flipped the switch literally and changed a lot of things. But the point being... There could be worse. Nintendo Switch could be launching worse than what it could be. If it be didn't right have Zelda, now. that thing would be dead. That's that's what I'll, I'll say. Honestly, I think that's true. And it, <laughs> I honestly and it think might, it's true. It, I mean, you know? it still could be potentially uh, dead with Zelda, um, but that gives it a puncher's chance and a pretty good puncher's chance. Don't get me wrong. The only way I could see this con this uh, console handheld hybrid really making a big impression during its first year is it's able to sell gangbusters by having big advertisements the most logical thing i can think of is possibly having advertisements during the super bowl having some advertisements because hey guess what nintendo's got money they got to put up or shut up here this is their console and this is their time to go and try to make things like inside the consumer's eye yeah for the casual market that wants to pick up the system because, hell, not a lot of people have seen a handheld to this powerful extent. This is basically a tablet-like device that has enough power to make it seem like a genuine console. And it's bringing console game-like experiences, sort of like how the Vita was trying to, but didn't really have that much horsepower or appeal as the back catalog of, say, Nintendo's games. Yeah. And there you and have it have right there. Potentially have it, both. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Or it could have the handheld. It could that's have okay. 
the great handheld games you buy a 3DS for and or DS for whatever and it can have the great uh, home games that you that, the home console games too so um, just looking at potentially true. you know I think that um, could be the case but anyway when it came back to like uh, the launches of Nintendo systems people are so easily to for- people are so easy to forget that back in the day when Nintendo consoles generally launched there weren't a lot of games released on day 1 heck i can even re- i can remember the launch of the Nintendo 64 where it had only two games around its launch cycle and two games released for any system Especially if you consider stuff nowadays, that's abysmal. To be fair, though, it had one of the greatest but, game, considered one of the greatest games of all time, though, Mario sixty four. So. Yes, yes, I was Sorry. about to say that. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> it's talk. okay, but yeah, the exceptions being with Nintendo sixty four, it had Super Mario sixty four and it had Pilot mm-hmm. Wings at launch. Those two games were enough to last and stuff. But the thing was, inside that time frame, which is back in nineteen ninety six, the internet was not what it is right now. There were no such things as Twitter or no such things as like Facebook or other things like that. We sort we pretty much was not as say screwed over by what Nintendo has done in missteps. So this is pretty much was the first console past the Super Nintendo where gamers are like, oh hey, we can forgive them. This is Nintendo. They bring out some great games. They bring out some great stuff. Little bit knowingly that we would find out like twenty years later and stuff that. Uh, Back then, it would lead to like a downwards trickle of how they handled their third parties to such a hilariously kind of awful misstep mm-hmm. to where, at this point right now, they probably have the least amount of third-party support out of any one of their consoles with the Switch's launch. And that still remains to be seen what else they've managed to try to, say, convince third parties to, you know, go forth and entertain. Because during the span of this week... I've personally done some research, Tyler has done some research in terms of not only, like, launch comparisons to, say, this and the Wii U, but also when it comes to specific companies releasing, like, particular games. The thing is, Ubisoft Ubisoft has at least a couple games that's going to be released into the Switch. One of them is Just Dance 2017, <laughs> which is pretty much a port from last year's version, and a definitive ed- edition of Rayman Legends, which Rayman Legends was a exclusive. It was supposed to be an exclusive for the yeah. Wii U, but because of how bad that system was bombing at the time, like barely a year out of its launch, they ported it to the PS4 and the Xbox One. And the thing the thing what I'm trying to get is companies like Ubisoft, companies like EA, they want to try to support a system that's going to sell enough units for them to put out their big name games. Unfortunately, this is a catch-42 with, like, releases on Nintendo systems, because the thing is, these companies release versions of some of their most popular games, but they are the gimped versions of these said popular games. And when I be my gimped, here's a good example. Ooh. EA yeah. is releasing FIFA. What was that, FIFA 17, or one of their newer, like, it's FIFA, FIFA yeah, games or FIFA something 17. like that? on the Yes, on the Nintendo Switch. The only catch-42 is, it is a port of the PS3, Xbox 360 version of the game. Now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, when it comes to sports games, I would like it if it was like actually made from the ground up specifically for that system instead of just 
you know, barely doing anything to model after a 360 or PS3 build and then shell it off as a new yeah. game with almost next to no type of cost whatsoever to EA. You can say that you, can, you have the same... Then, sorry to interrupt again, but you, you can make the same complaint about the Skyrim okay. version too. It's actually... That's very true. And that's exactly... That's exactly what I want to say too about Bethesda. It's like, I'm glad that Skyrim is coming onto the Nintendo Switch. A portable Skyrim. That's awesome. However, it is still a PS3 360 version of the same game, and it's not even re- the remastered version like the PS4 and the Xbox One got because Bethesda is a company, they just want to have this game out. They want to show support for the Nintendo system, but then you have other developers like, say, the makers of Titanfall 2 going on Respawn. record and... You know, with Respawn Radio. You know, radio. Res- not Respawn Radio. I'm <laughs> sorry. Respawn Entertainment. Entertainment. I'm sorry. It was wow. just... I you got a little me mix a up there with my Respawn shit. <laughs> Points to the fans out there that actually can recognize what I just mentioned and subsequently, accidentally. <sighs> with, with Respawn Entertainment, one of their lead designers... Well, actually, the lead creators of the Titanfall 2 has went on record as saying that he will not release Titanfall 2 on the Nintendo Switch... Going so far as to say, you know what, fuck that, man. I'm not going to put it on the yeah. Switch. Because of the fact that these games are going to bomb on the on Nintendo Switch because of two reasons. One, many of the people who invest in the Switch, they hardly buy third-party games. Instead, they buy it on the other systems, like the PS4 and the Xbox One. But... The reason why, and this is why I say it's a catch-42, is because developers like to gimp these versions that they sent to the Nintendo consoles, and thus they try to make it see, see, my game doesn't sell on this Nintendo system, so I'm going to go ahead and put it on Microsoft or Sony, or I'm going to put it on the PC. I I, I don't blame, (laughs) I mean, you can blame third party to a point, but I, I think it's more on Nintendo in the end, though, why the third party situation is the way it is in the end, though, with... Look at the way the uh, the sixty four went when they went cartridge wise, just because they could make more money off of cartridges yes. and maybe CDs. Uh, look at the way they went the GameCube, where they went to the smaller disc. Where you can make an argument if they would have if they would have just made regular DVDs like the PlayStation and PlayStation Two and the Xbox did, they could have very well won that generation um, instead of being uh, that's, second. Um, that's debatable too, because you know what for the PS two, Xbox, and GameCube generation and stuff. Sony did have a lot of the RPG backlog stuff, even regardless of like the GameCube being the most powerful system at the la- at the time. Yeah, I mean, hell, let's I, think of it this way: the PS2 was the least. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm starting to ramble. You're right. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might I'm not, maybe winning the generation is a little too far fetched, but be way more competitive. Yeah, where I think that was uh, agreed. Like the pretty much the end of when people took them as a serious. Uh, like gaming system, I mean the Wii was an anomaly, I think, and people didn't really take it seriously when after a couple of years as a serious gaming uh, system. Uh, I mean, the overall even though it had public. probably, even though the Wii probably had some of the more underrated and probably some of the best uh, games in terms of that type of generation than say games that were on the PS3 and the Xbox 360. But that's just my opinion on yeah. the matter. In terms of games that were replayable, in my personal yeah, I mean that was definitely for me when I fell <laughs> off as the uh, as a hardcore Nintendo. I remember having arguments where I worked at a game store with customers and employees about how the Wii was better than the 360, and 
when I got 360, uh, quickly figured out that I was wrong the entire time. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I I am you know in my heart as like you know as a gamer in general. There, I mean, I, I love Nintendo, and I, I I'm I'm really hard. I'm I'm easily the harshest person on this podcast when it comes to Nintendo. I'm not calling you guys fanboys or anything, but. Um, uh, I, I, it's, I'm, I'm harsher on them. I'm more so on them than anybody else or any other game or console, just because I want them to succeed and I know they can succeed and they can be better. Um, it's just frustrating when you know, like, you, you know, some. Not that I'm saying this thing is a, this console is a mistake, but I think it, um, it's definitely, uh, it's kind of you just scratch your head a lot when Nintendo does things. Um, and, I kind of feel that with the direction Nintendo is going right now, they sort of had to step in this direction considering the sales of the Wii U, how successful the 3DS was, even though at launch it wasn't that great due to the high inflated cost and the lack of software yeah. at the time. So combining two, combining the two like uh, studios that are responsible for one for hardware, for consoles, one for handheld stuff, combining the two and then having... The Switch come out. I think that's a great step in the positive direction for Nintendo as a whole. We've have de- we have developers that are saying that this console is probably the most easiest to develop for in terms of porting like different types of like games or for indie developers that are taking a chance by releasing their games on the mm. system. Like for example, the makers of Stardew Valley. They have that. That's they have Stardew Valley is going to be coming out for the Switch this year. That's great. That's probably one of the better indie games that has released in the past year for the PS4 and the Xbox One and PC and stuff. But in actuality, in terms of, say, success rates, yeah, I do worry about the Switch. I'm critical. I've been more critical of Nintendo stuff now, considering how many boring, stagnant games that have come out from Nintendo personally over the span of the past couple of years, and even the whole debacle of me trying to play games like, say... A Paper Mario Sticker Star and like the games that I could tell that they possible they probably like uh, stopped halfway developing certain titles in order to switch focus on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could see it too. I mean, games like say Star Fox Zero felt that way. Mario Kart Ultra Smash kind of felt that way too. Even though I didn't have a chance to play that, and even to some extent, you know. Even though Justin may not agree with this, colors like uh, color splash, Paper Mario, that sort of has the way too. Where you could tell that they wanted to try to finish up the games and stuff, but at the same time, you kind of had a feeling that there was some emptiness to them that there could have been more, say, added on. And that's why I kind of feel like Nintendo, when they stopped producing things for the Wii U and started doing the, the things with the Switch, that uh, they. We're shifting a lot of their focuses, and now it seems like with the Switch's launch, it seems like a lot of the games that were supposed to release on the Wii U for the next year are on the Switch. They look really great in terms of uh, creativity, in terms of like articulation and stuff. And in overall opinion, it looks a lot better year one, in my opinion, first party wise, on the Switch that it does that it did on the Wii yeah. U. Well, the first year of the Wii U, I think it went Mario at launch, and then ten months later you got Pikmin 3. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, that's very true. There weren't very many first-party games in, like, physical retail form. Downloadable stuff? A few things. I can't remember which, but... You know what? I am... Even though I'm not investing inside of the Switch at launch, I'm very excited about the lineup. Because this is probably one of the first systems, besides, like, say, uh, the 3DS and stuff, where I could technically take my console gaming on the go with me and play games like Mario or Zelda or something at work and stuff, then I could actually have some of my coworkers probably play something with me during lunch mm-hmm. breaks or watch me play this thing, you know? It's just... The thing about Nintendo systems that are so appealing is people are going to stare at you. They're going to ask questions like, hey, what are you playing? Or, hey, what's this going on? Or something like that. Because that's just the thing. In my workplace in general, there are a lot of people who love playing video games. Yeah. Hell, even like 50, 60-something-year-old people or something who have like PS4s or Xbox Ones or something like that, they play online or a couple of my coworkers around the same age as me who talk about playing games like, say, like Mad Max or Saints Row or even like Fallout or even games in reminiscent, say, Animal Crossing New Leaf and stuff like that with some of the girls, you know. It's, it's, it's really weird in, in retrospect because I'm not so used to people like... Uh, like talking about that openly because I don't meet a lot of people like that. <laughs> but uh, in a way, it's it sort of makes me feel excited about the Switch as a whole. And the most positive thing I can think of in terms of Nintendo Switch is it's going to create, in my honest opinion, to casual consumers, a feeling of, oh, hey, this is new. This is fresh. I want to play games like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or the new Zelda or even like play games like like, 1-2-Switch or something like that for party stuff. I think the versatility of that console is going to be fun, yeah, personally. hopefully. <laughs> um, we'll, let's kind of move in some... Uh, we'll stick with the news, because um, before we jump to what we've been playing. Okay. Because um, we're kind of already in that, that general area. Um, let's actually let's stick yes. with Nintendo for 100. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Nintendo actually had a direct over the... Uh, um, over, during the week, almost over the weekend, but I don't know yep. what day it is anymore. They all kind of blend in together after a while. It's it's Saturday, everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, a couple days ago, they had a uh, direct. I'm happy the directs are still a thing, but uh, but this one all about Fire Emblem. Uh, about 22, 23 minutes. Really interesting. I think. Uh, I'll go over real quick what they what they announced and showed off, um, and then we'll discuss um, after that. Uh, Fire Emblem oh, Echoes uh, Shadows of Valentia uh, for 3DS. I think I said that right. Um, is out May nineteenth. Yeah. Um, it comes, uh, and there's also be a two-pack with Amiibo characters, um, from, from characters that are in the game. It seems like they're new characters for this game. Uh, it looks like it's more of a dungeon crawler type, uh, Fire Emblem game. Um, I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Um, uh, an unnamed Fire Emblem game coming to the Switch in 2018. Um, can't wait till it gets delayed next year at E3. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, surprisingly, I heard this game was coming out next January. Uh, it's coming out this fall for the Switch. And uh, Fire Emblem Heroes uh, is a mobile game that is during the Switch. Um, during, not during the Switch. During the uh, direct, they uh, said that it was coming to the Android on February second, and later to the iOS. And then, like an hour later, they announced that it's actually coming out to the, on iOS the same day, February second. Um, this is a f- free-to-play uh, game as well. Um, I'm not much of a Fire Emblem game, uh, fan. I honestly haven't really. I don't think I've ever really played one. Uh, they look like cool games. They're games I always want to kind of get into for some reason. Oh, they are. I really want to get into the Fire Emblem games last year for 3DS, but I 
just kind of a crazy time game wise. So I just never gonna run the plane. To be perfectly honest, to be perfectly honest, Tyler, if you ever want to get into the Fire Emblem games, I would much recommend Fire Emblem Awakening because how easy it is to uh, ease you into things and stuff. But there are certain DLC stuff that are fairly awesome. Is that the game that the <laughs> played, 3DS version I played that, that came game out twice. a few years ago? Okay. Yeah, it was actually 2013. Okay. Remember, it was like one of my top games of that year, along with Pokemon. There's X been a lot of calls since then, I'm, I'm, but I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, I, I, you're more of the Fire Emblem fan than I am. I'm, um, I am curious. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna let you take. I have a couple things to say, but I'm gonna let you take take over on this one. Okay. When it comes to Fire Emblem, I really do love a lot of the lineage of the games they, because it, the Fire Emblem series started off in the Famicom back around in the 80s. And it didn't really get started in America until Marth and Roy's, you know, yeah, Marth and Roy's appearance in Super Smash Bros. Melee, which the popularity of those two characters led to the first Fire Emblem game being released in uh, 2003, I want to say, Path of Radiance. So I started on playing Path of Radiance. But anyway, to delve back into the past, the game that was announced inside that Nintendo Direct, the Fire Emblem Echoes, that's actually a remaster of the second Fire Emblem game in the series that was presented in the Super Famicom. And so you have basically a type of style that is that gamers of Fire Emblem have not really experienced before. Well, at least the, those that have never played the Japanese version. Which, it implements some bits of dungeon-crawling style from what I've seen, but it also implements a lot of the classic Fire Emblem things. So what surprised me the most about this game announcement is, for one, there's another solid Fire Emblem game coming out a year after those three games that released, like Birthright, Conquest, and uh, Revelations. That's mind-blowing to me, because that's a lot of fucking Fire Emblem. And this is coming off the hinges of Nintendo and even Intelligent Systems saying when Fire Emblem Awakening was released... That this is a, that was supposed to be the last game in the series if it didn't do well, and then subsequently having four games in the span of like five years—that's crazy to me, really crazy. But what's even crazier than that is a confirmation that there's not one Fire Emblem game for the Switch, but there's two. The Shadow of the Fire Emblem uh, Warriors—that's gonna be awesome. This is the same team that tackled the Hyrule Warriors, and that was really good. That was really good for fan service-wise, for characters, for different types of abilities, for different types of, like, character play styles. And let's be perfectly honest with you, I do enjoy a good hack and slash from time to time. Even better if there's a lot of familiar characters I like to use. And it seems like that's the type of game that's up, that's around my style. So you can pretty much, you can pretty much, like, uh, say that I do want to try that for Switch when I do want, when I do eventually buy it. But even so, for those that are still on the fence about this game, it's going to be on the, the new Nintendo 3DS come fall as well. But uh, the last thing I could think about here was that mobile game, which was kind of weird in a sense, because there are microtransactions to that game. I mean, yeah, there are. It's going to be a thing. But how reminiscent and how easy that game kind of looked and felt to actual Fire Emblem is really surprising. You have different characters, you have different class selections. It's it's pretty deep for a mobile game. I gotta I gotta kind of admit, it's sort of like a light RPG sort of uh, 
thing for uh, the Fire Emblem series here. For another mobile game by Nintendo, man, it just looks... It looks really fun, but I can tell that this is the type of game where if you don't have enough gems or you don't have enough things, you're probably going to be stuck. <laughs> kind of like how Pokemon Shuffle was for that sort of regard, or how, uh, oh gosh, Pokemon there are other games too, like, oh yeah, Pokemon Pit Cross. oh Jesus Christ, yeah, that was weak as well in terms of Good that. game, but the, the free-to-play but, bullshit what ruined both of those games, Shuffle and Picross. Yeah, I know, I know, that's just a real shame, though. If it was like say, if it were if those games were say like ninety nine cents, with no elements of say, uh, <laughs> with say no elements of like the microtransaction shit and just have you play games and do this stuff, those games would sell a hell of a I lot. I would more. definitely. <laughs> I said it about both those games. When they first came out. I would gladly pay ten dollars for those games each, um, possibly twenty. And that's just the thing. And I would be very happy with that price. I don't think there's actually been a price announcement for Fire Emblem for the Fire Emblem. It's Mobile a free to play. To be, oh, it's a free to play game. Okay, Which that's going to be interesting. Like, like, like we just mentioned with uh, Shuffle and Picross, they've been pretty bad about the free to play elements. Of the, which I don't know if there's know. really any good free to play games out there. Um, as far as the pay that's just the thing. Free to play is has always been those type of games, in my honest opinion, that I stay away from because of the whole element where, hey, spend money in order to advance in a video game. Oh, hey, spend money so you can go ahead and get this this sexy costume for this character that'll add no yeah. replay value it, whatsoever. If done right, it's it can be pretty cool. And there's definitely been... I mean, with Shuffle, I played like 15, 20 hours of that game before I even put a dime into it. And I gave him 10 bucks just yep. because, like, alright, you know what? You gave me a lot of fun here. Here's 10 bucks. And also, I needed to because there was no way I was advancing without giving any more money at that point. Um, <laughs> I wanted to keep playing that game. Um, but yeah, no, that game, um, yeah, I mean, if done right, if done well, like you, I will give you money um, just because I feel like you earn it because you've made a good game. Yeah. But uh, no, I, and like I mentioned earlier, I mean, if um, real quick, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, I love Tyrone Warriors. I think it was actually number nine in two on my game of the year. I think that was two thousand fourteen when it came out. Um, you enjoyed that quite a I bit. I love that game. I'm kind of bummed. I was kind of hoping like, when they announced they were making another uh, Nintendo game, uh, Koei Tecmo. Uh, I was hoping it was Hyrule Warriors two. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that it was oh, it's Fire Emblem because I mean, obviously, like I aforementioned, said that I am not a uh, don't really know much about Fire Emblem, but I'm definitely excited about this um, game potentially. I'll probably pick it up. Um, but uh, the, the the Fire Emblem Warriors or not Warriors Heroes game looks kind of looks pretty cool. Um, that like like we were just talking about the free to play stuff. That's the only thing that concerns me. Like I wish that game was like ten bucks because uh, I'm way more excited <laughs> to play Fire uh, Fire Emblem Heroes than I was to play Super Mario Run. Um, oh, that's that's kind of true though, and that's just another like. Uh thing in general in terms of like the mobile stuff i mean ten dollars for mario run that's great though but it wasn't worth it for those type of games you could pay like 99 cents and get the same type of yeah stuff, super mario runs know. is a fine game but it's not a ten dollar game that game should have been it would have should have been five bucks at most it, agreed. and the fact that uh i think this uh, the sales that based off of people that played the free demo and paid for it um it shows you the percentage of that like it's like 20 percent or less um, should tell you uh, that game was not worth ten dollars. Um, yeah. Well, let's see. One of the last things I could say about the whole 
Fire Emblem Direct is it made me very excited as a fan in order to see the future of the franchise, how it is, like all these different games that are going to be coming out for the different systems, not only for the 3DS in May, which I am possibly going to get because I really love Fire Emblem and I want to play this game, but also it makes me want to get a Switch even more because I want to play Fire Emblem Warriors and I know that there's going to be a new one released next year and it's it's more of an incentive for me to go out, invest in a new system, and then just have this adequate supply of games I can play up until then. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a good time. Uh, someone made a joke on uh, yeah. Twitter uh, that for every person that w- that prays for a new Metroid game, Nintendo puts another Fire Emblem game in development. But so you know what? Funny. At this point, I'm actually... <laughs> even though it's funny, I... Seriously, I don't mind that. <laughs> yeah. those are awesome I've games. I've never really been a Metroid <laughs> fan either, really. So, uh. Well, that's the thing. I like Metroid Prime and I like Super Metroid. But other than that, though, it's like... Uh, at this point, though, I if they ever do release Metroid, I hope it's just something that's, well, good for everybody. You mean you, mean you don't want Metroid Prime Federation? Uh, well, that's just a different type of game. I've never really played it. And uh, I'm not really interested in playing it right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody really was. Um, but let's move on real quick. Uh, we got a couple other things we'll go through uh, fairly quickly here, I think. Um, Scalebound. Uh, that was a thing. Uh, this is going to be an Xbox One exclusive, made by Platinum. Uh, they showed it off. They revealed it for the first time, I think, uh, E3 2015. And then they uh, showed oh, it off. Yeah. Uh, showed it like a very long... It was like one of their... Probably their three or four biggest games shown off at the E3 last year, 2016. Uh, yeah, whole thing with it, four player co op. Um, gave it a whole gameplay part. Um, it's been canceled. Um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm not too disappointed or upset about this. Uh, I, admittedly, um, and I talked about it at the time with uh, at uh, around E3 2016 that that game. The more I saw that game, the worse it, it, it got. But uh. When they first announced it in 2015, the, the the prospects of that game looked like it could be a lot of fun, could be a good game. Um, it's it's kind of I'm I'm really shocked for as much. It sounds like the game's been in development for about four or five years now, and as much advertisement yeah. that game has gotten, that it was just canceled. It tells you that game was had to be really bad, or nowhere near done for them to uh, cancel at this point. I think that's really sad to think that uh, this game by Platinum. They had a lot of hopes, they had a lot of desires going into it, but at the same point, it's like, after the tumultuous launch of, like, their past previous games, like, say, like, the Korra game, the whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game and stuff like that, God, that really kind of affected the quality of Scalebound, in my honest opinion, but... The bigger issue at hand here is not, like, Scalebound's cancellation, but the overall... The overall like exclusive lineups for this year for the Xbox One. I mean, that's just lineup? kind of uh, they're exclusive. <laughs> yeah, they're freaking like first party exclusive stuff is looking very thin. I mean, other than say Halo Wars Two and like maybe Crackdown Three, but we have not heard anything about Crackdown Three I'm, for such a long Cuphead's time. Cuphead's probably getting delayed another year. So, oh god, I don't, I don't know if that could, that game could even. That game cannot be delayed anymore. That thing has been going for so long yeah. now that at this point, it's it's very much at a risk where people are just going to say, fuck it, dude. I 
don't want to wait for that mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm at that point. I was right at that now. point about years. Like, yeah. I know. It's like I there's so much I can wait on a game before I just lose interest. No Man's Sky was definitely one of those games yeah. that that definitely lost my interest like a year or so after I had to wait to play that stupid thing, and I never did, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, oh boy. But, uh, but yeah, other than, say, those particular couple games, I know there's, like, maybe another game or two or something like that. Definitely not Sea of Thieves, though. Oh, God, no. I don't know why, but that, <laughs> that game just rub, rubs me the wrong way, you know? It's definitely... I hope they do something rare does something to that game, you know? Because, really, the only like rare related thing that I'm interested in is that uh that spiritual ukulele, successor to I was going to make the joke I was building it in my mind so beat me to it <laughs> I got to admit man it's like when it comes to the first party exclusive stuff I have to say that both Sony and Nintendo definitely have it down right now and uh Microsoft is going to flounder a bit because of the whole thing. Yeah, I know? mean it's kind of a bummer. Uh, I look at the Xbox one this year and it might be what the Wii U was to me last year where it's like I'm trying to think of like man there's not a god I mean I know there's I mean it's only January but I'm like there is not a game coming into this year that I am looking forward to from Xbox one. Um I kid you not, the only game I'm probably going to get for my Xbox One in the, probably the next like couple months is probably Forza Horizon 3. And that's probably going to be yeah. it. Um, there's not a lot this year, if anything, for, I mean, for like, first person, for, no, first, first party wise for Xbox that I'm, I'm interested in. Unless, I mean, obviously E3 is still a thing, and there's probably. Yeah, there's a lot oh my of God. Have you even. S- if you've seen like the exclusive stuff that's coming, the first party exclusive things coming out for the PS4 this year so far, it's it's pretty big. I mean, you got Gravity Rush Two, which is a sequel to a game that I've really wanted to that uh, I really wanted to play. Then you have Horizon Zero Dawn in February. You got uh, other games like say Persona Five in April. I mean, three Danganronpa game, four Danganronpa uh, games coming out this year for PS4. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. I actually um two this month. <laughs> yeah, I um I actually got a I pre-ordered. I've actually paid for um digitally um Horizon Zero Dawn. I took the uh, PlayStation money that you gave yeah. me and I, I I paid that off. So. Yeah. Awesome. Excited about that. February 28th cannot get here soon enough. I'm not sure what I'm going to do um in March because there's a lot of shit coming out. I got February 28th we got Horizon. March 3rd we got the Switch yep. and Zelda. On March 14th, we got oh, Danganronpa God. 1 and 2, and we got Mass Effect um, Andromeda on uh, March 21st. Oh. oh, God. That's right. That's the game of March that's going to be yeah, coming out. I've been going back and forth Jeez. to why not even buy a Switch at, at launch. I've been thinking about I have pre-ordered, like I said, but I might cancel just because I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I, I should get that game. I should get that in, like, summertime when they ship to play, and I can enjoy the, the games. I am honestly, and no offense to Zelda, more excited to play. Um... But like we were just talking about, we're going we're to we're move on over um, to Mass Effect Andromeda is actually coming out March 21st. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but it's apparently it's coming out March 21st. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we have seen like a combined eight seconds of gameplay for that thing uh, in the oh three years since it's been announced. Um, near, nearly three years since it's been announced. Oh, well, I got some high hopes for that thing, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I hope so. Uh, I've been, the last couple of Bioware games have been... Um, okay. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition was meh. Mass Effect 3 was really good, but that ending was pretty piss poor. 
Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, it's more Mass Effect. I hope the online uh, is as good as Mass Effect 3 was because I played a shit ton of Mass Effect 3. I, I uh, prestiged yep. that game like four times. Uh, next up, uh, Injustice 2. Uh, somewhat surprisingly, for a game that was just announced like six months ago, it's coming out May 16th. Um, I know that's really Earth. That's really soon. Yeah, um, I and that's another game. We really, I don't think we've actually seen a second of gameplay for that game. Um, I am man. I really like uh, what they've done. I think it's uh, Never Realm uh, has done with uh, yeah. with like the Mortal Kombat and the Injustice games. Uh, with the Injustice first Injustice game, I should say, in the last two Mortal Kombat's. But man, I I cannot. I'm not paying sixty bucks for those games. I just play the story and I'm done with it. And then like, the story's like four hours long. Uh, but I am definitely excited to to rent um, Justice Two uh, when it comes out because uh, those games. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, those games are pretty fantastic. From here on till July, you know, from February, no, from like January until say July of this year, there's literally a game every month where I feel interested in buying and playing. Yeah, there, <laughs> um, in, in some cases, sorry, I'm grabbing a beer, so I'm, I'm away from my mic. Okay, there we go. Um, in some instances, uh, there are multiple games that are coming out. I got uh, Resident Evil 7 is coming out on Tuesday. That's, what, yeah. Saturday night, so that's fucking three days away. Um, I mean, like, before Horizon comes out a month after that. I have Final Fantasy 15 sitting here, still in the plastic. That's the thing. <laughs> um, I have, uh, you know, Horizon, talked about that. Zelda, Danganronpa, Yoko Laylee, Mario Kart 8, Mass Effect, Injustice 2. This is just the first four months of the year, people. This is insane. Yep. There's too many games. I, I used to I used to complain all the time that there's like from like January in Feb- like January until like October, there'd be like three big games coming out. Now they just all year round. They yep. just they like May's a big month for games now. Batman Arkham Knight came out in like July. What the fuck is happening? To my gaming world, like I, I only have so much money it's to no give. It's no longer the holiday season. I just bought a TV and a PS4. I already owned a PS4. I bought another PS4. I don't. I, I can only afford so much. All right. I'm only. I'm only so dumb with money. I'm buying a Switch for no reason. I'm just buying one at launch. I don't know why. It's stupid. I'm getting one. Oh my god! You got to show some videos of you playing this damn Switch though when you get it. Just, uh, god, <laughs> I, 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 sh- I should just cancel my pre-order of that thing and then just buy it in the summertime. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. <laughs> and then, uh, god damn it! I'm probably gonna have to do that. Fuck me. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, we're not talking about what we've been playing for like five weeks now. Uh, so I, I um, I'm gonna go real quick. Um, I, I we okay. haven't talked about been playing like I said for like five weeks now, but I surprisingly haven't been playing too too much. Um, outside, I've been going back playing some stuff. I've been playing a shit ton of Titanfall Two online. That game is pretty fun online. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, <clears throat> excuse me, somewhat decent at that game. Um, my KD ratios in the, in, in the in the toilet, but um, I usually point wise rank fairly high. Um. Like I said, I bought Final Fantasy Fifteen. There's a deal like a bundle thing with uh, the PlayStation Four. Pro when I bought it, I got it for like 20 30 bucks, I think, like that. Uh, I, I, my plan on playing that game, my plan has been waiting with Resident Evil 7 coming out on Tuesday. I'm like, once I go through Resident Evil 7, if I like that game, hope I will. Um, once I go through that game, I'm gonna probably that's probably my February game until up until Ryzen comes out, uh, because that game is yep. gonna be a fucking time sink, and I don't have a lot of time. 
uh, to play games or really just in general do anything right now. Uh, so that's going to be my thing for uh, a month. Um, but the kind of the big things I've been playing, um, I went through Walking Dead Season 2, played through that again. Um, I thought about you, I don't know if it, it might have been Gin Gaming, I mean, or I might have been Drunk Nerds, I don't know, you might, you might be able to find it. Uh, I talked about, I, I went on a decent rant about Walking Dead Season 2, about how I didn't like it, and... Yeah, you did. Um, that's, that stays true. Uh, I will say this, though, I mean, maybe a little harsh than that thing, much like I was maybe with the Switch last week, uh, where, uh, my biggest complaint with that game that season was just like that they the the people you're with are terrible not terrible people they're good people but they just really suck uh, um at just kind of life in general um and just survival instincts and they make like you play as clementine 11 year old and they make her do everything like all these dangerous missions uh and stuff and it's just like i, I get it, it's, it's a game so like we gotta make you do some things um, we can't just have you sit around and talk for a while while other people do things, but it's really dumb. And it's even like, uh, I, I, it's like, I, things I didn't notice think while I was playing that game were like, they actually reference it a lot. It's like, it's like, uh, options you can pick when they make Clementine do something. Uh, it's like, I guess I'll do that too. Or it's like, why is it always me? Like they at least like make reference to like they did it on purpose. Um, and just kind of show how shitty these people are. Um, but, uh, I still stand up that the, the last episode of season two is might be, um, it's definitely the best of the season two, but it's definitely, it, it's definitely probably one of the three or four best of, if you talk about the first two seasons of that, um, it's really good, um, the way it wraps up, but, uh, I played the first two episodes of season three, um, of The Walking Dead, and it, uh, man, like, uh, as much as I disliked season two, man, uh, I think uh, they've had a couple, uh, Telltale's had a couple rough, rough patches. I think with like uh, like Game of Thrones wasn't very good. Um, obviously, Walking Two I um, I didn't like, but um, they have been knocking out of the park lately with like Tales of the Borderland and Batman. And uh, now season three of Walking Dead is really, really, really good, man. I'm I'm liking this, and it makes it's just it's the thing that made me fall in love with Telltale in the first place. Um, Walking Dead, and I'm happy. It's kind of giving me that same feeling where, um, uh, with the season one did, where it's just at first going into it, it was like, oh man, we're gonna, we're playing with a new character, a different character for the third season in a row. It's like, but I kind of like it. Cause it's kind of a clean slate. We're going into season two. Um, it's like you're playing as Clementine when Lee was your guy, and spoiler, Lee dies in season one. Uh, it's a four year old game. Get over it. Um. <laughs> Where you know he dies at in season one, and uh, I was like, fuck, I, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, he was my person. I built that character, you know, like I yeah, I had he had a background, but I made all the decisions. I picked whether or not he was a super nice guy. Like, was this a redemption story, or was he just a fucking asshole murderer? Um, you know, and uh, I liked that a lot. And with Clementine, it was, it, it just didn't feel like that. Maybe, part of that, I think, maybe with the fact like. When you when I play these games, I play as I think it was an extension of myself of how I think I would react in situations. And and with this with season two, I don't think I, I it was hard to do because like you're playing as an eleven year old, and it's kind of hard to, to do that when you're like now I'm trying to think of what I would do as eleven, not a guy in my mid twenties. Um, but season three, like it's kind of cool because they kind of give you an adult character. It's a clean slate again, clean slate again, um, and you kind of just. Uh, I can't forget his name. It's bugging me now. But um, he, uh, you know, it's like it kind of starts off with like the day of like the whole 
zombie apocalypse beginning and jumps up a couple years in the future. Um, the first two episodes came out the same day, um, actually. Um, but I like it a lot. Dealing with him, his character is really good, and the, the characters in the game are really good. But you bump into Clementine uh, in the first episode, and you do like kind of like uh, it's been like two years in the future, I think now since World War One season two ended, and it kind of deals with like it, you get flashbacks like every episode it seems like or at least the first two episodes, kind of showing what what's happened since then and like the decisions that you made at the end of season two and how that affects um, the woman that she or the girl that she the teenager she's become. Um, and is becoming, and um, I like that a lot. Where you we play, you mainly play as the other guy, but like ten minutes every episode, you flash back and you play as Clementine, and you like it's just kind of like piecing together in between season two and three, and I like that a lot. Um, so far, really good. There's two really good cliffhangers. My only complaint is that the first two episodes really feel like they're just one episode, and they just split up into two because each one's less than like it's like 40, 45 minutes long, and most other episodes are an hour and a half to two hours. So I feel kind of cheated in that sense um about season pass though i am on board uh can't wait to play more i just hope that they did a really good job of batman i think when they they released all five episodes in a four month span and i hope they can kind of do the same thing with uh walking dead season three um but the other game i played um is uh, a game i was i wanted to play for 2016 was over because I, I thought i heard nothing but great things about this thing all game all year long um, and I've played it. I'm almost done with it. I think I've only got a few levels left, but I've, I've been playing uh, Super Hot. Uh, yeah, really? I picked it up on. I've been waiting for this game to go on sale forever on Xbox One because you can't get it on PS4. It's a PC and an Xbox yeah. One game. Um, but I, um, it was on sale finally, like 15 bucks uh, a few weeks ago. Bought that. Um, I only I only put a couple hours into it. I've heard it's only like a two or three hour game. Uh, so kind of what it is, right. real quick. I mean, for people don't know, it is a very bland looking game almost mirrors the edge at um s um art wise where it's just like a lot of white um there's nothing there's no details or anything like that to the levels uh, the characters you face are just kind of like like look like um the white doll looking things like you would see at like a shopping mall kind of thing um and yeah. kind of what's going on there's a weird crazy story that i really don't know how to delve into but kind of the, the gameplay part of it is where um time only moves when you move um, so you're yes, like, that, yeah, yeah so you're, like, you're dodging, like, they'll shoot guns and you can, like, you're, they'll shoot bullets at you and you can kind of dodge and you can, like, kind of, like, it's really cool. I think time does move, but it's super, 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 super slow. Um, and then, but when you move, it moves at regular speed. Um, so, like, you just, like, the, the goal of the game is if you get hit once, you get shot or you get melee attacked. Once you die, you start the level over again, but it's, like, like that. Uh, switch. Um, you you start right over again, so it's really it's really quickly on that. Um, but uh, yeah, like you just kind of go through, it, and the goal of every level is to kill to defeat all the enemies, um, and it, it just kind of ramps up. You learn new elements throughout, like you can switch between people, and you like there's actually like really cool moments where like you you pick up a you pick up a, like a beer bottle, and you chuck it at a guy, you hit him, he drops his <laughs> weapon, you pick up the weapon, you shoot him, you move, you shoot this other guy. It's just a really cool like strings of like um like you know kind of chains that you do of like defeating enemies in certain points and like you face more enemies and you go in like different scenarios it's almost it feels almost like an 80s action movie or something like that you know like it's like there's you know like the ridiculous <laughs> scenarios like you're in a bar you're in a bar and you're fighting like you're facing off against like 10 guys and you just take them all out or you're in a office building or you're in a uh in a uh, warehouse 
or something like that. It's just that's what it, when I was playing the game, it just reminded me of like an '80s action movie like that. And I just, it's really cool. Um, like I said, there's a there's kind of a weird, quirky story going on there. Um, that is kind of funny, and it's just like something that I really don't know how to describe it. You just kind of got to check it out. Uh, but kind of like really the main thing is like you're playing a VR game, and a bunch of weird shit starts happening after you start playing this game in, um, um, in the VR world. But uh, yeah, that game is a lot of fun. It is definitely worth. I mean, it was normally I think it's twenty five bucks. Normally, it's definitely worth twenty five bucks. Um, so far, I mean, I'm only like said a couple hours into it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this game is a lot of fun. I don't know if it would like, I don't know if it would crack my top ten games of 2016. Right. But it would definitely it would it make a good push for the top fifteen, I would say. Well, there you go. At least you're enjoying your time playing yeah, this game. Like what we talked about a lot, 2016, I think it was a great year for games. So for this to be in the top fifteen, it or was top fifteen um, is saying something for me. That game, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I uh, if you have an Xbox One or a PC, <laughs> man, definitely uh, fuck, check this game out. It's it's pretty rad. It, it's I'm not giving it nearly enough justice, but it's uh, just because it's kind of like it's it's a simple game, but it's a really deep game at the same time, and I like that uh, about it. But um, that's kind of what I've got going on in the last few weeks. Uh, what about you? Oh, boy, where to begin? Oh. <laughs> um, Let's see. I finished up the rest of Rocket League on the Xbox One, which really is was just me just doing a one-on-one, like, full season of the darn thing. I just did, like, a maximum game settings, and I just went through... And I went undefeated on the highest difficulty for Rocket League for their solo career mode and stuff, which is kind of funny to think about that I've played the game so much to where I can actually go through the hardest difficulties with AI and stuff and then just win all these random Damn, I could games. barely do it on medium. But, I know, I know. But, uh, anyway, after <laughs> after I got done with that, I just deleted it off the system. And... Uh, I have played a random assortment of games. I've went through, and uh, I remember purchasing Saints Row 4 on the Xbox One S and stuff, along with uh, Mad Max, and I've ended up playing both of those a bit. I played I played plenty of, like, uh, Saints Row 4. I am to the extent where I have, like, a few missions in, and I'm still collecting orbs. I'm still trying to upgrade the superpowers and stuff like that. And uh, it's fun and all that, but... Uh, I actually just put that game down, and I decided... Here's the thing about me. When it comes to games, if I start a game, sometimes I like to jump around and see what other types of games that really would hook me in. Yeah. You know, because it's just... It's just really hard for me to really stick with one game to play when I have a random assortment of games I want to try out. So I spent a couple hours playing Saints Row 4... Then I jumped and I tried playing like a couple hours of Mad Max, which you know what? I've heard some surprisingly good things about it, like underrated stuff around it. So when that thing was available, like as a part of a deal for Xbox One S, I jumped on it. And uh, so far, it's really interesting. I mean, the gameplay is fun. The story is somewhat enjoyable. You know, I wasn't really expecting the game to be really that... uh, fun for what it was but so far it's really not that bad it's 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 like a third person survival game kind of similar to that of fallout like you know the fallout 4 fallout this and stuff like that but uh because it's said in the mad max universe and stuff the whole post-apocalyptic thing feels kind of uh, more like uh organic in terms of how it is and stuff 
And so far, that game is pretty fun. You get to upgrade your car that uh, Max actually has and stuff. You get to upgrade a lot of the random combat. And here's the thing. The combat in this game is straight out of Arkham Asylum. It feels uh, straight out of Batman game, which I really nice. love that. It You have the elements of upgrading things, of doing combos, of doing throws and stuff. It feels fresh. It feels awesome because, hell, it's the Batman mechanics, and I really love that game a lot. So, uh, I have only a couple hours into that. I've tried playing a bit of... Uh, I've actually tried playing a bit of Final Fantasy fifteen this past week. I gotta admit... I've spent like around three hours or so playing Final Fantasy XV this week, and it absolutely is gorgeous, even regardless of not having a PS4 Pro or 4K TV or whatsoever. I'm really enjoying my time with this game. Uh, even so much, I'm really impressed, because after the bad taste that thirteen left in my mouth after beating that game, I didn't think I was going to go ahead and just invest inside of another Final Fantasy on a console, because of how bored and how like very much like linear that game was but then going to a game like Final Fantasy 15 where the game I was worried about from the onset because of the long development cycle it had opening up just installing this game playing through the tutorial thing and this is a this is one good positive about the game from the get-go you get to you have a chance to play the tutorial levels, and it gets you very familiar on with the gameplay before you can set foot onto doing missions. And the game, the setting, it feels so modern in terms of like the modern day stuff that at some points I forget that I'm playing like a Final Fantasy game. I'm actually feel like I'm playing some sort of like weird RPG. It, you know how it feels like to me. It sort of feels like a, um, let's see, a Japanese perspective of. 2016's America in some ways, shape, or forms. Because you have Final Fantasy characters, they they take selfies, they do this, they, well, they drive around in the car and stuff like that, just going from checkpoint to checkpoint and stuff. There are camps you can save at. There are definitely Final Fantasy elements in this game. You have a character that's named Sid, you have, you have these camp points and stuff where this is the only way you level up in this game, by the way. When you complete missions, if you get to a campfire and stuff like that and just sleep and have uh, one of your party members, Ignis, and stuff create meals, you can actually add buffs to your party. And at the same point, you get to earn a lot of the experience points that you've gone through and did battles. It feels so organic that way. Some of the food looks so delicious and stuff like that that when you're collecting ingredients and stuff, it makes you feel like that you're hungry, that you want to make that fucking meal yourself. That is just one of the thoughts that I had while playing the game. And another thing is, the gameplay is so smooth. I mean, really smooth. It's so easy to have one of your teammates like perform like ally moves with you. It's so easy to go through and lock on enemies and using the action RPG-like mechanics. It's not turn-based. I'm really glad that it isn't because it gives you a lot more freedom to do things. And, oh, yeah, I really feel like I want to go back into this game and play a little bit more when uh, when I feel like it, you know? It's it's just one of those RPGs, man, where it feels like I could just get lost into this game, like, for hours on end. <laughs> Which, that's very good. But uh, I think one of the last games I'll go into, because I don't remember anything else past this week, is uh, Titan Souls, I think it's called. 
Yeah, there's a game that was free upon PlayStation Network oh. this month that is uh, called Titan Souls. And what this game is, it's like a... It's sort of reminiscent to the exploration stuff of The Legend of Zelda, but it mixes in some bits of Shadow of the Colossus where you have to... It's basically a game where you investigate and go to these specific temples and stuff and defeat these boss monsters. And so what I've been doing inside this game is once you start, you only have one weapon with you, and that's your bow and arrow. And so you go to these particular type of checkpoints, and you get to face off against these bosses, some of which have one-hit kill scenarios, which you have to figure out yourself. Others takes a bit of time in order to progressively learn their patterns and do this and do that. Now, the thing about this bow and arrow, which I love so much, is you actually have the element of retracting the arrow back to you, which is never really explained in the game itself, but basically what you have is one bow, one arrow, and when you use that one arrow, you have to retract it back by holding down, like, uh, either the triangle, no, not the triangle, either the uh, R button or the square button, stuff like that. And to be perfectly honest, I've used this multiple times to defeat bosses. Because there is this boss that I came across early on called... That was like... Uh, it was more reminiscent of sort of like a pillar. Like those type of pillars and stuff like that that move around like in square panels and stuff like that. It'll roll on top of you if you get too close and whatever. And so what I ended up happening was... I noticed the pattern that this thing had. It would shoot, uh, shoot this big old beam or something at you if you got too close and did this and do that. I basically shot my arrow, and once I got into the right positioning, I retracted my arrow, and it hit it straight at its weak point and killed it with one shot. <laughs> That's just one of those type of epic moments you feel while playing this game. It released last year, I believe. It's free on PlayStation Plus. I really recommend people to go ahead and try this game out. Because it's cross-compatible between the PS4 and the PlayStation Vita, it definitely has that sort of Dark Souls kind of feel mixed in with, say, Shadow of the Colossus and a bit of the top-down perspective because the graphical style kind of reminds me of Link to the Past in a way. There are no life bars. You only get one hit and you're dead. There are definitely save points that you come across during the game where you have to defeat the random bosses in the area in order to advance to a new thing. And there's like about... Oh boy, there's about like eight different areas that you have to investigate for these bosses. And man, I tell you what, the best part about the game is it lets you, past the first area, you get to go ahead and explore in any order the type of areas you want to go and defeat the bosses and just you know just collect a lot of their essence, their souls, pretty much. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing in a nutshell. <laughs> Very cool. I like I, Titan Souls is, is a really good game, but I just, I, I'm bad at it, so. Uh, I think I beat yeah. the boss, and it took me like. Oh, it definitely time. takes a while for you to get used to the things, yeah. too. Um, But you know what? I think we're a little long this week. Uh, so, we're going to wrap it up. Um, so, right. I just want to, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you guys want to hear more from us, we're on Facebook. We have a page and group. Uh, it's just Gen Gaming Podcast on there. So like and join us on both of those. On Twitter, we are at Gen Gaming Pod. Uh, so follow us there. On YouTube, uh, we are uh, Generation Gaming. 
So uh, like and subscribe. The uh, sh- the uh, podcast goes up on there. Um, you might be already know that because you might be listening to us on there. Um, we also put up a lot of uh, we do a lot of streaming on on, on the Twitch at Gen Gaming Pod or Generation Gaming. I'm sorry um, on there. So uh, or no wait no it is Gen Gaming Podcast on Twitch. I'm sorry. Uh, but whenever we stream anything <laughs> on there, I, we just go ahead and we port it over to the YouTube channel. So um, check those videos out. Like all those videos if you can. Uh, it makes Gabe's junk very happy if you do that. Um, <laughs> so please follow and subscribe to us on all of those wonderful places. Um, and you know, give the, uh, give the, maybe, maybe subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Five stars is... That would help us yeah, out a lot. five stars would be great. We <laughs> definitely would uh, appreciate that. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. I was Tyler. And once again, I have been the Colonel Gables. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. GG. Love you guys. We out. Oh, yeah. Mm. Drink a beer. <laughs>